You're listening to the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. In today's publishing landscape, you can reach fans all over the world. Query letters are a thing of the past. You don't even need a literary agent. There is nothing standing in the way of making a living from writing. Join two best-selling authors who have self-published more than 20 books between them. Now, on to the show with your hosts, Autumn Burt and Jasper Schmidt. Hello, I'm Jesper. And I'm Autumn. This is episode 64 of the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. And, uh, well, money is always an important topic. And especially when you're starting out as a new author, you might be wondering, how much does it actually cost to produce a novel? Well, that's what we're going to look into today. And for the more experienced authors out there, you can use this episode maybe like as a benchmark to see how your costs compare. Yes. I, you know, I, this is kind of a scary episode for me because I don't know. I think I would have been terrified <laughs> as a new author getting into this. Uh, but it's well, important. Yeah. yeah. It's it's good to have a base to have. This is not a free, but as I say, this is one of the best businesses to get into because your upfront cost is fairly low. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I was just about to mention that. That's what we said on what was it the previous or, or maybe two episodes back or something like that when we when we talked about compared to other businesses where you had to shell out like fifty k just to get yeah. started. Like we're nowhere near that. So no. in in terms of context towards other businesses and types of businesses, the money amounts we're going to talk about here is fairly low. But of course, I do understand if if you're if you're short on cash in general or you, or you you have a limited budget, then it might. Yeah. yeah. The point is not to scare you. I guess that's <laughs> no, what I'm trying to say. <laughs> let's avoid that. that what, what, how was your week? Let's get into something much more fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of fun, actually, uh, over the weekend, I listened to episode 61 where you had the interview with Alexa. Oh, um, yes. So th- that was really, that was a really good conversation. You, I was really entertained. Oh, good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I love talking to her. And actually, the publishing summit is happening um, as we're recording this. So when it's released, it'll have been over. But it's been so much fun. I love her summit. And it was a. am glad the podcast was turned out as well as it did. Yeah, the, the woman, women taking over the podcast. Oh, who? That was... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> It that needed to happen. But, yeah, apparently so. I see. I'm lucky that I got to come back here yeah, to this no. recording now. Absolutely. <laughs> we have a good partnership. We never argue. This is kind of funny. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> but actually, something else I wanted to mention, uh, the funny thing that also took place over the weekend was uh, it was a movie that I watched. Oh, really? But not like a normal movie. This was uh-huh. only two minutes long. What? And uh, the title of this movie was Pants Boy versus Six Pack Boy. What? <laughs> you <Yes>. watching? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was uh, this is my two sons. So they spent okay. like five, four or five hours yesterday, and recording this movie that they made. They spent four or five hours recording and editing it into a two minute movie. Oh my god! So they goodness. spent almost all day doing it, uh, and. Uh, so it was my youngest son. He played the role of Pants Boy, which was the superhero. Uh-huh. And then he also played the role of Six Pack Boy, which was the supervillain. And oh. uh, I know that it's usually it's not very charming to hear about other people's kids and what they're doing. But <laughs> but it was quite funny because like 
a minute into the movie, uh, well, that's half the movie, but then we saw the reason why he was called Pants Boy because oh. his pants fell off right oh. when he was fighting the villain. Oh, no. <laughs> so it was just, yeah, it was, I don't know. It was just so funny. It sounds uh, adorable. It was, and yeah, I don't even have kids, so I, I definitely live through yours, but it's adorable. And, and from a practical point of view, it kept them busy all day. This is like win-win. Yeah, they, they spend all day, and at some point, uh, my wife went down to to their rooms and asked, "Hey, do, do you guys want to play a board game with with me and Dad?" And they were like, "Well, uh, we don't have time right now. We're just doing this movie." It's like, okay, <laughs> but well, it seems like independent. Yeah, well, it, but it, but I think it was a tragedy that movie because it actually ended with Pants Boy being taken away in handcuffs <gasps> while oh. while the villain was uh, sitting there eating popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> that was how the movie ended. Well, I think they're gonna have to work on a sequel. That's all there yeah. is to it. <laughs> yeah, maybe, cool. maybe. <laughs> oh, I think it might win like a YouTube reward. You might have to show that one. Yeah, yeah. You well, I I usually try not to share videos live with my kids and whatnot, but uh, but it was it was quite funny. But and and again, usually parents feel that their own kids are much more funny than other people find their kids. <laughs> be. So. Uh, Maybe it's just me finding it uh, funny. I think it sounds adorable. That's great. <laughs> How about you? Oh uh, well, nothing quite as much fun. But uh, cabin progress has been made. That we actually have windows and door, and for the first time ever, uh-huh. we are heating the room that we've added on to this cabin. So you can like work in there with like without major coats and gloves and stuff on. Actually, I just did the flooring today. So it's starting to look like a real room. Nice. Yeah. So how how much work do we have left to do there? Um, Well, insulation will be exciting. That's hopefully coming tomorrow and the next day. Uh, And then it's really doing the interior walls. And my husband happens to be an electrical. He did um, technical high school. So he's an electrician, electrical apprentice. So he's been doing the wiring. Um, I do all the woodworking. He does the wiring. So it's kind of fun that way. So he's put the new panel in and all the electrical outlets. So... You know, it it doesn't sound to me. It's like we're past the big, you know, no more heavy lifting. It's like some interior paneling, and then of course the outside um, vinyl. The cut, actually, we're not doing vinyl. We're doing cedar shakes. Um, all of that. It's still a little bit of work, but I'm also at the point where I'm like, it is March, and I made a, gar- a promise to myself that come March first, the cabin could not be my entire life building this thing. So it's only half days now. Only in the morning and then the afternoon I have, like, you know, this whole writing job thing <laughs> that we do together. Oh, no, what's that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I'm now doing half days, so it's still going to take a little bit of time. But it's going really, really well. And I can't wait till we're putting in the shelves for the kitchen area. And it's it's coming soon. Right. Do you need to do painting and stuff like that as well? Um, it's mostly a wood interior, but I do want to do something other than wood on wood on wood brown. So I think I'm going to maybe do a little bit of color in the kitchen area because I, I like kitchens. They're like one of my favorite rooms in the house. So it'll have to be why, kind of fun. Why don't you just uh, de- decorate the walls with printouts of fantasy maps or something? <laughs> That's actually a pretty good idea. <laughs> do a decoupage. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's something to think about. Uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, that advice is completely free. Oh, thank you. It could be yeah. could be done. 
<laughs> if you do that, you have to send me pictures. I want to see that. <laughs> okay. I might have to get permission, so this is not technically my cabin, but I think we could go for it. Right. A week on the internet with the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. So before I have something else to share from the <laughs> internet this week, then uh, I just want to get the most important thing out of the way first. And that is, of course, to thank all of our new Patreon supporters. Yes. And uh, I have a long list of names here. Oh, excellent. <laughs> and uh, maybe before I do this, uh, I'm sorry if I butcher any of your names. <laughs> it's really not It's not on purpose if I do. But, uh, but here goes. So okay. a huge thank you. To Ian Vasilaras, Bernie Weimers, I think <laughs> it's it is. Hannes, Hannes Horribly, Suna, Andrew Davis, Janine Erasmus, Gerrit Dikey, Dikey, or something like that. I think it's German. <laughs> yeah. Matthew Phillips, Roger Walker, Colleen Baldwin, Brandon Harden, Craig Sanders, Eric, and Linda Blackshaw. Thank you so much, everybody, for joining us on Patreon. Thank you. Yes, I loved seeing all of our new Patreons and uh, can't wait to meet them and talk about what they're writing and just, you know, see what their questions and stuff are when they interact on the many Patreon posts we put up every single week. So welcome. Welcome to the podcast and welcome to Patreon. Yeah, and for the rest of you, check the link in the show notes. We are keeping the podcast ad-free because we feel that that makes for a much better listen. So, uh, But do keep in mind that we do rely on the Patreon supporters to justify the time we spent recording this. So, uh, so please consider becoming one of our backers. Uh, it really makes such a difference to us. Yeah, and even if it just starts at a dollar a month, I, that's not that bad. And we really do appreciate it. Yeah, so link in the show notes. But the other thing I wanted to mention as well uh, was that in the Am Writing Fantasy Facebook group, uh, Nina posted something that I really wanted to share my reflections on. Oh, okay. And, uh, well, you can, of course, pitch in here too, Otto. Oh, absolutely. You're very welcome to do so. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> but, well, it's because Nina is a Danish author, like me. And... Uh, she posted a question that I think is really relevant because she was wondering if she should write in Danish or in English. Oh. And uh, I thought I would bring this up here because many of our, of our listeners aren't native English speakers. So in this case, it's about Danish versus English, of course, but you can just substitute Danish with any other language that might be your native language mm -hmm. uh, for, for the listener here, right? So um, in the post... Nina points out herself that the Danish market is small, um, but she is also speculating that there is less competition. So, of course, she could have a point there. Yeah, you could get number um, one pretty quick. Yeah. And she also says that um, she does not want to find a publisher. She wants to become an indie author. Uh, so herein lies the question. Should she write the book in Danish and then get it translated afterwards? Or should she write in English from the get-go? Right. So I don't know if you want to share your thoughts, Autumn, or should I do mine first? Well, I was going to say, I think my thoughts are going to be tainted because I know you write in English. And I kind of think I know why. So I'm going to let you go ahead and go first. And I'll see if I have something to add. Since I am a native English speaker, so I kind of had it easy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I think, I mean, when 
there is a few things here, right? So uh-huh. if you if she was if Nina had said in her post that I'm looking f- to be traditionally published, mm-hmm. then she could easily write in Danish. I think if if she was looking to find a Danish publisher who will get her book into all the national bookstores here in Denmark and they will take care if it sells enough, they'll take care of translation and putting it into other countries and all that stuff. Then I think if, if she wants to write in Danish and if she feels like this is, uh, this is what I prefer, then go for it. Um, but when she's saying in her post that she wants to be a self-published author, she wants to use the online platforms like Amazon and so forth, Then I think, and again here you can substitute Danish for any other language, but mm-hmm. I think you need to do a, to do the bit of market research and and see how big is the market really when you're looking at, for example, from Amazon's perspective, uh, if you put a Danish uh, Danish t- uh, titled and 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 written book up on Amazon, how many people are actually buying that as an ebook from Amazon? And I think you will find that the The Danish market is is very very tiny. You know, even even ebook reading is not that spread out here in the Nordics or, or penetrated in the Nordic market as you might think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and many people do not buy from Amazon uh, if you're looking at like average Joe, you know, in in Denmark. Um, so in that case, I would say then you're a thousand times better off writing in, in English. Uh, because the translation is expensive as well. So if even if you write it in Danish and then want to translate it, it that's going to be quite expensive to do afterwards. So, yeah, I, I would think write it in English. Uh, that's that's why I did it, because I agree the Danish market is small. And yes, there is less competition. And yes, if you write in English and upload it on Amazon, there's a lot of competition. That is also true. But at this point in time, at least, the the amount of... Danish readers going to Amazon to find a Danish book is extremely small. Try to just do a search for Danish books on Amazon. You find almost nothing. Yeah, and I was going to say, and when you niche down to a Danish book written, a fantasy Danish book written in Danish, um, yeah, you're you're t- probably talking a very small percentage of readers you're going to look out for. And so, writing in English, um, you might. Be have more competition, but you're also going to have a lot more opportunity to find readers because it is one of the most widely used languages on the planet. Whether it should be or shouldn't be, it it just simply is. Yeah, yeah. So so at least I, I thought I would wanted to share a bit of reflection on that because uh, I found it uh, well. First of all, she was Danish, so that triggered me. <laughs> <laughs> of course, got your but, attention. Uh, but I think it, yeah, but but I, I think it's relevant for for a lot of other people uh, who also. Uh, not uh, native English speakers like myself. Absolutely. And though speaking of questions and writing, I wanted to give a shout out to Susan Lakin and also say uh, let people know that she has a really cool opportunity that I wish I could go and do, but I'm unfortunately tied up. But she write, does a writing for life workshop. Um, that she hosts. And Susan was, if no one remembers, which hopefully you should, she was a wonderful guest on our podcast that uh, you interviewed Jesper a few yeah. months back. So she's yeah, running... I don't remember the episode number. <laughs> I know, I should have <laughs> looked it up beforehand. So sorry. Yeah. But she is actually running a fantasy and world-building retreat for writers in South Lake Tahoe, which is drop-dead 
gorgeous area, a week-long retreat where the mornings they talk about tips on how to write well and world build and characters. And then the afternoon you go and write. And if you hit a problem, like, you know, everyone does, you can like raise your hand or go over and ask one of these three uh, best-selling authors that are one of the hosts of the workshop. So that's going on for the whole week. And we're going to have a link to that in our show notes. Uh, so you can go check it out. She says that it fills up very quickly, but she, I, we wanted to give a shout out because she was such a wonderful guest, did some great tips for us. And uh, I think she's an awesome teacher and she's got some other great women, uh, Catherine Brandcamp and Rachel Starr Thompson are the other two authors who are going to be hosting and teaching at the retreat. So, if anyone's looking, nice. yeah, looking to get away from the family, or I guess you could possibly, it says you can get a double room. So if you want to take the family, but you want to get away and just write for a week and do some fantasy writing, this might be the place for you. Run forest, run forest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, remind me, this is the one where it's an affiliate link. Is that right? I believe it is, but uh, it might not be. I'll have to check. We do have an affiliate link with her, but I'm not sure if it goes to this one or not. So uh, okay. there's a chance anyway, this might get us some money, but it, there's a chance it doesn't. So <laughs> it might yeah. not. But, okay. but, but anyway, just just a, a full transparency here that it might be an affiliate link. So we might earn a, a few uh, a few dollars if you buy uh, on um, uh, via our link here but of course we are mentioning it because uh, we have talked to Susanna we know her and, and we know she's doing good things so uh, oh, yeah. check it out if that's something for you and on to today's topic how much does it cost to produce a novel oh. uh, well, it costs a ton of time of course and oh. willpower <laughs> yes I was going to say I think this is um possibly less frightening than figuring out how much you get paid per hour for writing a novel. That's something you should never ever calculate. Just oh, trust me. Don't no. do it. Don't, don't. So, <laughs> um, yeah. you do this out of love, I, not because you're going to be rich unless you happen to be Neil Gaiman, JK Rowling's or George R R Martin. Yeah. Well, I actually remember when I was first starting out, this was actually one of the questions I was asking myself. And I, I remember looking up different YouTube videos from different <laughs> authors talking about this stuff. And, and the more I searched, the more varied answers I got. <laughs> so I think that's it's just like with all the content that is out there in this day and age on the internet, it, that's unfortunately something you just have to navigate. So. It is. And I guess we can just say the same thing applies here, right? I mean, we can only, we, we can share how we view things here and, and from our personal experience, how much we are paying to produce novels. Uh, mm -hmm. But I'm sure you can find contradictory information out there if you start searching for it. So, uh, yeah, you, you'll just have to make up your own mind who you're listening to, oh. I guess. Yes, I suppose. I, I thought we were going to say this is the end all be all. This is the answer you're looking for. But no, it is very true that there are lots of ways of looking at this and some of these things. Um, you know, everyone's different. How you write is different. Uh, the resources you might have at your disposal. Maybe your mom is a best-selling editor. And in that case, you know, your, what you're going to end up charging or for editing might be a lot different than what we're going to list out here. So you don't know. Yeah, I think we're, we're trying to here at least to shoot for for some sort of middle ground averages on what things cost. But you can always find something cheaper and maybe the quality is also not too... Yeah. 
maybe I was going to say a nasty word there, but uh, maybe the quality is not very good then, but you can also sometimes find something that is much more expensive that we're going to share here. And usually, at least if it comes to editing, usually price and quality goes hand in hand, but not always. You can also sometimes pay quite a lot of money for somebody who is not really that good. So, but that's a different topic. We actually talked about editing in episode 60. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can go back and listen to that one in, if you want all the details. I think we're just going to stick to cost with this episode here. Yes. And I think going on with the expense too, I think there's always a point of diminishing returns where you can pay more, but you're, what you're getting for that little bit of more t- better quality is probably less than that lower area where you pay a hundred dollars more and you get a huge improvement over something that was half the cost. So yeah, we'll keep that in mind. So there's always a point where you're paying lots and lots and lots for only a little bit better than something that's slightly cheaper. So I think we're that's gonna, actually a good point. Yes. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna go for that middle of the road where it's a solid this was something you're gonna help you and and this is about what you should reasonably expect to spend if you are looking for quality service yeah okay so do we want to start out with the editing we already sort of touched upon that i guess so i was gonna say how far in do you want to go i mean technically you could say everything from what you're writing on is an expense to the program you're writing in is an expense but are we going to get that particular we're going to assume people already have uh some kind of device to write on or a piece of paper and a pencil yes (laughs) (laughs) i I think my my assumption was at least people already have a computer and and they at least i mean if they want to invest in in scrivener like we talked about Mm -hmm. in a past episode i mean scrivener cost almost nothing what is it like 30 40 dollars yeah it's like 45 i I think it's up to now it's it's very little and totally worth it but yes. Yeah, so so that or you can always just use uh, Microsoft Words or Paint Pages if you're mm-hmm. on the Mac or whatever, you know. It, so I'm assuming that people have a computer <laughs> right. uh, that they can write on, right? So this is more like producing a, no- a novel. What does that cost? Uh, providing you have a computer to write on. Yes, remember, I, I might not do as much research before we get on the podcast, but I'm very detail oriented, so I had to yeah, I had to find cool. out what the ground level was. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> All right. So, well, in term, at least, okay. So, ground level, the topics I have uh, here is editing, cover design, book formatting, blurb writing, copyright. That's All sort right. of the topics I have. So, okay, and maybe you have good. some some other ones as no, well. No, that sounds about what I was thinking as well. So, those are those are truly no matter what the expenses. So, basically, we're going to say that you. We're skipping like writing courses, um, help coaching. We're going to say basically that you have written at least a manuscript and how do you take that and produce a novel and how much does that cost? Does that sound about right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm not, yeah, we're not talking about the cost of acquiring a computer or taking Mm -hmm. a course about how to write and all that. But so it is more like, okay, you have you 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 want to write a novel and you want to know how much is this going to cost me so of course that means as well that we are factoring in editing costs which is before you've done with the novel right so right. so how much how much is this just going to cost me to produce this thing yes um providing i either i have a computer and either i have not uh, or i have already attended <laughs> uh, any maybe writing courses or whatever i want to do right. but that's sort of beside the point here all right 
you've listened to all of our podcasts and you're already an expert. But well, let's say okay, we're going to have first <laughs> no, well, draft, and he, we got. <laughs> oh, I, I still think that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we're going to we're going to start. Well, the education part is really important. It really is. It really is. But we're going to assume, okay, you made it through that. We're going to assume you made it through, you know, you got, you're getting somewhere with the novel. So what it's going to really take to take that rough draft, turn it into something worthy of being read by a widely published audience. And, you know, yeah, how it is to get out there on the world polished and perfect. Well, as perfect as it can be. Let's go for it. So editing is a good place to start. I agree. Let's start with that because if you can't get through editing, you, you're you never going to get to the next step anyway. So let's go there. No, no, that's actually true. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so maybe just to summarize what, <clears throat> what we said in terms of cost from episode 60. So if we are looking at an edit that includes a developmental edit, uh, we talked about that in episode 60, so go back, go back there and listen if, if you want the details. But if we're including that into the cost, then as we said on that episode, you can probably expect to pay something like five to $7,000 for the editing stages. And that, that means developmental edit, copy editing, proofreading, the whole lot, you know, all of it, maybe five to seven grand. Right. Um, yeah, that definitely you, sounds about right. And I, just, if anyone hears any typing, we, we're going to try live math. We already joked about this uh-oh. being an impossibility. I am keeping notes about how much we save for everything. So excuse any yeah. typing. So let's say five to seven grand for that. Uh, and then we also have a different variation where we could say, Maybe you don't need a developmental edit. So if you've written some novels already or, or you've taken some courses or something, that, that means that you have a grasp about how to structure the novel already. So if we exclude the developmental edit, which is by far the most expensive one, Absolutely. then you can probably bring the cost down to somewhere between 1500 to 3500 somewhere in between there. All right. That sounds very reasonable. And about... Yeah, the going right for a really good professional proof edit and making sure the grammar, all those are correct. Definitely in that ballpark too. Okay, so no disagreements so far. No, no, I, I well, no, those are good. I think I do think there's sometimes if you are in with an editor for a long time, you might be able to get away with cheaper. But again, maybe, yeah. maybe. It, you'd have to have a deal and maybe got in at someone's early rates or something, but. We're going to say, yeah, 1500 that's a good rate for what it costs to get a good edit these days, especially on something as long as a fantasy novel. A you know, mm. thousand words, a hundred thousand words to 150,000 and making sure they've gone over it a couple times. They're not just using Grammarly. Yeah, this is not cheap. No, indeed. Um, but of course, yeah, as, as we just, as you can see there, the difference between five to seven K to 1500 to 3,500, <laughs> it's a huge, I mean, the developmental edit is so expensive. It's, it's yeah. insane. It is insane. So, uh, and I do think a lot of people do a lot of novelist authors look at the cost of edits and go, Oh my goodness. And it is probably one of the biggest upfront costs before you ever publish. It is the biggest yes. for sure. But it's what you uh, need. You do not want those early reviews all saying, oh my gosh, I couldn't get through it. There was an edit, you know, errors on every single page. There's going to be an error somewhere in your novel, no matter how much you pay. I can guarantee it. I've seen it in published novels put out by, you know, the really big publishers. I've still found errors on paperbacks and hardbacks. It happens. It does happen. 
But I can can I just say something a bit self-serving here as well? <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> because if you're comparing those two numbers we just talked about, let, let's go with the cheaper numbers even. Mm-hmm. So let's say 5K versus 1500K. So what if you just took a writing course like the one we have, for example, mm. for $600 and then you just saved yourself what is it like three and a half thousand dollars between fifteen hundred and five thousand? Right. So you can save three thousand five hundred dollars versus spending six hundred. So, but yeah, I don't you're know. forgetting me, that's a that it's six hundred dollars, and you never hopefully have to pay for development at a, again. So you're saving thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars if you yeah, take a yeah. course and learn how to do this. It's huge. I mean, huge. at the end of the day, you don't have to take our course. But my point is just that if you if you spend some money on learning things by taking some good courses, you can actually save yourself oh. a ton of money. And it's well worth the money to take a course and, uh, instead of uh, shilling out lots and lots of money on developmental edits. But that's just my point of view. But uh, make up your own mind for that. <laughs> yeah. Again, I'm okay, not going to so, all you're putting in is time. It's worth it. Yeah. Okay, so so by far the biggest expense, that's editing. Mm-hmm. The next big expense and probably the only other big expense you ha- you're going to have is the cover. Yes. Um, but as you are our cover designer, <laughs> Autumn, you're also the expert on this. So what would you say in terms of cost and prices? Well, it will be depending on if you need a paperback wrap or if you're just getting an ebook cover. I do recommend if you think you're going to do a paperback, just go ahead and get the whole paperback one done because then you can use the the full image for advertising, which is fantastic. So for a paperback wrap, you can go to there's a ton of Facebook groups and cover art groups that are going on that are doing pre-mades or even with a little bit of commission work, some tweaks that can get you a cover for as little uh, individual cover, not a paperback wrap can be as cheap as 50 bucks to up to 150 for just the ebook cover and paperback wraps can go from three to probably 800, depending on what you want to put in there and how individualistic and how much hand painting you need to do. But it's to me, it's a lot, but it's not that much because you're getting something that is literally the first impression of your novel and also represents your novel all all your months of work all the expense that you've put into it your blood sweat and tears is going to be condensed into one image and you better love it and you better make it marketable so you're gonna want to pay for this one yeah the the cover is insanely important um and and so is the cover designer that you're choosing, uh, that they know what they're doing. Because one, it's it's not really about being a graphic designer because that's not even good enough. It has to be somebody who are uh, used to doing book covers yeah. and thumbnail covers for Amazon and stuff like that. So they know what is working. What do you need to put on that cover to make it convert into book sales? So it is insanely important. And even just um, doing the market research for your niche genre, it's you know, whether someone does fantasy or is doing paranormal romance, the covers change hugely and you want to fit in, but you also want to stand out in a wonderful way. It's, it's tough, but it's part of why I love it. So (laughs) it's a challenge. I like challenges, but it is definitely, you don't want to just go in there. Um, If you don't know what to look for in a cover, don't just go into a group and randomly choose a cover that looks okay. I see some horrible font issues where 
I could do a whole podcast on fonts alone, so we're not going there. I'm a total font addict. I admit it. I'm not seeking help. <laughs> I refuse to get help. <laughs> I refuse to get I drink tea and I'm a font addict and I'm proud of both. So that's where it goes. Oh. So yeah, my I'm gonna say paperback wrap. Go with a paperback wrap if you most you want to do a paperback. They're not that hard to format, um, and we'll be talking about formatting in a few minutes. But go with a price for formatting for a paperback wrap or a book cover for a paperback wrap, and I'd say three to eight hundred dollars. Uh, Five hundred is a solid middle of the way that you'll get a probably mm. a very very nice cover by someone who knows what they're doing. And honestly, that price has come down a lot. Uh, over the years because there's a lot more people out there doing it and again though now you have to sit just like with edits you have to sift through a lot of people who put out their shingle and say they know what they're doing and might not know what they're doing so keep that in mind yeah it's 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 a bit tough one uh, i would also have said 500 dollars is probably where i would aim um, but especially with covers it's difficult as well because you can also swing the other into the other direction with the pendulum here because there are some cover designers who charge like fifteen hundred dollars oh, for a easily. cover, oh, yeah. and or, or even more sometimes. But and no doubt that by far most of these uh, artists who are able to um, to charge this much is because they are really really good at mm-hmm. what they're doing. But I still have this um, point of view that spending a thousand dollars extra on the cover i mean you you can find really good artists that will do a cover for five hundred dollars and i'm not sure that i don't know mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just not convinced that the return of investment is is worth and to shell out three times as much so but yeah i don't know miles may vary but but i'm just a bit more on the cautious sides when it comes to cost on cover design it, it is insanely important like we said but is it worth paying three times as much as you have to pay to no. get that just a bit better cover designer to do it? For? I, I, I don't think so. But that's up to you no, what you want to do there. No, I don't think so. And but, there's uh, some... Let's, let's settle on $500 for this one. All right. 500 sounds good. And I was going to say, one of my favorite cover artists, and he does a lot more grim dark, so I don't ever i probably will never buy one of his covers but i'm like a fan total fan girl i've talked with him and gotten tips from him uh jay Caleb, he has amazing facebook group he does a pre-made every week and to buy his pre-mades are usually 150 and to commission him is like 600 bucks and there you uh, go so fair. yeah it, that's a really solid price i keep telling him he's way too cheap for what he does but he's happy with it so there you go <laughs> mm, yeah Okay, so book formatting. So yes. of course, uh, once you you're done with all this stuff and and you're ready to get into the publishing stuff, you you also need to uh, format the book so it looks really good on uh, as an ebook. And uh, we've talked about this before. To be honest, I, I mean, you can get vellum. I think that's two hundred dollars. Is that right? If you're going to get only the, for Mac users, yeah, it's uh, yeah. If you're going to get the one that also does paperbacks, it's two hundred bucks. Okay, yeah. So that's an obvious uh, choice, you know. It's a one-time off, two hundred dollars, and and then you're good to go forever. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also use Scrivener. We talked about that in episode fifty-four, but it is not a very good formatting tool, like we also said in, in episode fifty-four. So, uh, actually, when I first started out, I used a professional formatting service, uh, and I just looked it up earlier today because I couldn't remember how much I paid for it. But back then, I paid $164 for formatting of both ebook and paperback. 
Um, and that included some customized uh, chapter headings and, and f- f- stuff like that. Uh, but this was back in 2015, 2016. So I'm not quite sure what they would charge today, but I think chances are that it's probably not cheaper. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Um, and I've done some formatting for folks and they were pretty, they were uh, really image heavy ones. And so I was formatting right. images. And so they ended up being, you know, three to 500, but those were, you know, again, they were not a fantasy, typical fantasy novel where it's put together and it's fine, but somewhere in, you know, probably 400. If you're going to pay for someone else to do it, you might expect up to 400 is probably not unreasonable. No, yeah. So in that case, Vellum is probably a better choice oh. if you're on a Mac. Yes. So, uh, yeah. And it's so, so yeah, user friendly. Yeah, indeed. So what do we want to go uh, with as the hard price here? Say Vellum for 200 Do you want to go for 300 assuming that? Yeah, let's, let's go for the cheap one. I'd right. say $200 for Vellum. All right. right. So uh, we'll, we'll keep it on the cheap side here. All right. Which, assuming, you'll get a used Mac computer because they're wicked expensive, but... Otherwise, this is really cheap—a cheap option if you can format all your own books. Look at us. I mean, we've done twenty over twenty between us. Um, yeah, that's a lot of money saved by only spending two hundred dollars once. Yeah, and of course, the, the ninja trick here is to do Mac in the cloud. Mm-hmm. So if you're on a PC, you you create a Mac in the cloud, and then you actually have a Mac computer in the cloud. So you and you load Vellum onto that one, and then you can use Vellum even though you're on a PC. So that's the ninja trick. That is so amazing. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so the next two ones uh, is optional ones that I just included in case people want to do that. Um, So the first one is blurb Mm -hmm. writing. So this is, of course, something you could do yourself. And uh, I have a guidebook on how to write fantasy blurbs. Dude, it's a good uh, one. (laughs) But otherwise, it's something you can do uh, for yourself. But if you want to pay some to do it i think you should expect to pay around 300 dollars for a blurb if you don't want it to do it done professionally i think that that sounds about right yeah and i mean yeah this is something if you can you know get your guidebook and that'll give you some great tips you can get feedback and facebook groups like our am writing fantasy facebook group those are all great places to get some help and you know, no matter what, I honestly, I think sometimes tastes change and it always helps to go back and revisit earlier books too, then see if you can tweak them and improve them because yeah, then you pick up, you get better as you get, as you do this more. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I'll, I'll add a link to that guidebook uh, in the, in the description or show notes here, okay. I should say. Um, of course, that's that's less than ten bucks, so that's that's gonna be cheap. <laughs> <laughs> ten bucks versus three hundred—that is a pretty. And this again, this will solve all your future book blurbing. Uh, that'll definitely is a life savings right there. Indeed. So, and then the final one—that's also an optional one. But if you do want to do a copyright registration, the mm. last time I checked, I think it costs thirty-five dollars. Yeah, I was going to say it was like either twenty-five or thirty-five. It wasn't that expensive, surprisingly. No, it's not. But again, a lot of times that only protects you in certain countries, possibly not worldwide, and some places, you know, if if you can prove that you were the first originator you're probably covered technically anyway or at least in the countries where it wouldn't be covered they don't care so there's not much you can do about it anyway yeah 
Yeah, I mean, I think for the most part, why you would consider a copyright registration is is not to go to court with somebody and fight about a bit this and that, because at the end of the day, it's going to be difficult internationally to fight your copyright uh, registration anyway. But the main reason why I would want to do it um, would be to... I, I'm Danish, as you know, but I would get a U.S. copyright registration mm-hmm. because the main thing that I wouldn't concerned about here is, for example, if 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 Amazon they run their bots once in a while across the um, across their website, right? So let's say they catch you, and all of a sudden you get an email from Amazon saying somebody else is claiming that this book is their book. Mm-hmm. So um, unless you can prove that uh, it is your book, we're going to shut down your account. And as an author, that's a pretty damn scary thing. It is. So that was why I would have one, just so that I could just email it off to Amazon and say, here's the copyright registration. It is my book. End of story. Right. So just for that, I, that's why I would do it. Um, but yeah, otherwise, I'm not, I'm not intending to go to court to fight people <laughs> about uh, you, you, yeah, you're going to spend a lot of time, money and effort doing that for probably no no real benefit or gain afterwards, but yeah, uh, and it's but funny. at least just to make sure your Amazon account is not shut down. That's that's pretty important. <laughs> funny story though, I do remember once I was republishing, um, I think my debut novel, Born of Water, and they did because it is perma free and widely available in so many places, and I'm sure it's been pirated. Pirated. I've pulled it off of a few websites and gotten them shut down where it was pirated. So. I they did Amazon actually did ask me to prove it was my book and I mm-hmm. I don't think I really I was just more surprised and I'm like well of course it's mine I wrote it here and I did this and I edited this and I just kind of did a little snippy reply and they're like okay so um yeah it wasn't quite as scary as you mentioned but looking back at it I'm like I can't believe I was like what are you talking about of course it's my book so <laughs> yeah, but uh, I think it's not that easy today. To it be honest, might not uh, be. It was a while ago, and it is yeah. something that can happen if you do have a book that you know mine's been out since 2012. It's been perma free for a very long time. So yeah, sometimes they want to know what's the story with that, and is it really so if, yours? If thirty bucks can save you that heyday, <laughs> maybe it's worth it. <laughs> it might be worth it. It might be. All right. So is that every? I mean, so you calculate all of them. I did. I was going to say the only thing we didn't really throw in there is like advertising, which I think that's fair because that can change every month depending on AMS ads. But do consider that this does not include advertising, and you're going to probably want to budget at least a hundred bucks, maybe a month to, you know. Two, three, five hundred, whatever you can put into it, you're going to probably have advertising costs. So consider that as an author as well. But I added up everything we have. So without editing, because that's our big variable, it is $1,025. So if you count in editing, um, the cheaper end, if you don't need a development edit, you could be paying $2,525 to $4,525. Or if you do need that developmental edit and you don't want to just, you know, go buy a course and learn to do it yourself, would be $6,025 or $6,025 or up to $8,025. So those are, you know, your ranges. So maybe around $8,000 for everything versus what do we say starting a new business at 50k so this is a lot cheaper it's not that bad it's yeah, not that it's bad. not that bad and again even the lower end the 2500 that is a lot but it's also really not that bad if you can figure out you know the development edit 
and again, you can figure out some of this if you don't need to do the blurb because you learn how to do it or you go by the book or you go by vellum and you format once and then you don't have to pay for any of your other formatting. That's, you know, it's really not that bad. No. And I, I think in most cases, if we just do like a blanket value as such, I think most people would say that it costs about three to 4,000 to, to produce a novel. So um, as, as we've laid out here, you can do it a bit cheaper. Yeah. Um, and you can also do it a lot more expensive. But <laughs> yes, overall, I mean, it is going to cost you money to produce a novel. So, so that's how it is. But uh, yeah, I, I hope uh, both the new writers out there got something out of this uh, in terms of at least you get some visibility on how much it costs, but also for experienced or, or existing writers who already published books, uh, maybe it gave you a bit of benchmarking and maybe you got a bit of ideas about whether you, you have some really good deals already or if mm -hmm. you're paying too much for some of the services that you are buying. Uh, but uh, yeah, at least that was the aim uh, to, to give a bit of perspective. Yeah. I feel like, um, between our partnership and having a long-term editor and the fact that I'm a graphic designer, I'm doing really well. So <laughs> can I count this in my taxes though, on what I should have spent? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I hope I'm not going to start receiving invoices from you. <laughs> uh, no. Fair enough. No, you help with advertising. We're good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good. <laughs> All right, so next Monday, we're going to discuss a bit more about editing and this time, how much you should be editing while you are writing. If you like what you just heard, there's a few things you can do to support the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. Please tell a fellow author about the show and visit us at Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review. You can also join Autumn and Jasper on Patreon.com slash AmWritingFantasy. For as little as a dollar a month, you'll get awesome rewards and keep the Am Writing Fantasy podcast going. Stay safe out there and see you next Monday.